Father, we thank you for being our Father, for being our God, that everything that we need is found in you. Thank you for your love. Thank you for your correction. Thank you for the strength for every father, for everyone that doesn't have a father, for anyone that's had an absent father, for fathers that are not here anymore. We pray for wives, for those widows. We're praying for the orphans. We're praying for those that are discouraged this morning. I pray that this ox anointing will break this yoke this morning. Let the anointing make the difference this morning. We give you praise, Holy Spirit. Help us this morning in Jesus' mighty name. We all agree and say amen, amen and amen. Social distance, uh, elbow somebody there and just wish them, if, they, if you can, and greet them this morning. God bless you. Thank you so much. It's great to have you this morning. Thank you for all your love. Thank you for the songs, the words, Pastor Michelle, all the sons and daughters. We really appreciate it. I will not be competing with your lunch. I will be giving you, I'll be preaching for the next 23 and a half minutes. And so that you can uh, go home and enjoy your Father's Day. Thank you to all the dads for standing. Um, the journey sometimes can become rough. And um, we need to encourage the dads this morning. I want to be that this morning. The title of my sermon this morning is Last Man Standing. Last Man Standing. Galatians chapter 4 and verse 19. My little children for whom I labor in birth until Christ is formed in you. John chapter 19 and verse 25. Father's Day becomes a real challenge for many men. As much as we appreciate the celebration, so often we are dealing with a life, sometimes of disappointment, sometimes of poor mistakes we've made, decisions we've made that has affected our children, affected our own lives personally. And um, it becomes a really challenging time to minister over Father's Day. And We've got to preach about it. We've got to teach about it because there is an answer in the Word of God. Amen. Give us a stronger amen and just clap your hands like you hear this morning. Amen. John chapter 19 verse 25 shows the story about a, a family that was really scattered. Now we all know Genesis chapter 1, Genesis chapter 2. God wanted a family. He built the family. Genesis chapter 3, the family falls to pieces. Genesis chapter 5, where God made man in his image. Please go through Genesis chapter 5. We'll come back to this. Simply lay some foundation quickly. Genesis chapter 5, verse 1. This is the book of the genealogy of Adam. In the day that God created man, he made him in the likeness of God. In the day that God created man, he made him in the likeness of God. He created them male and female and blessed them and called them mankind. In the day they were created. This is mankind. Mankind has got a father. Amen. Mankind is connected to their father. Amen. And Adam lived 130 years and begot a son. After the fall, 
They're moved out of the garden. There's a disconnect in the family. The father's no longer there. The son has got to take care of himself with his wife. And they're making it up as they go along. And Adam lived 130 years, and he begot a son in his own likeness. After his image, and named him Seth. So you are a product of your father and your family, not really made in the image of God anymore, but made in the image of your earthly father. And what you are dealing with is a man, male, female, that once was connected to God, isn't anymore. And whatever father you had in your house has affected you. The, Ezekiel says, the fathers have eaten sour grapes and it set the children's teeth on edge because we are now made in the image of our earthly fathers first. So whatever his DNA was, whatever his weakness was, whatever his strength was, you would normally pass that down to you. And there is no perfect family. There is no perfect father because the perfect father was in the garden of Eden and we, that connection was broken. The next time you find a father in the environment again, you'll find he's Jesus because he's not fathered really from Joseph, he's fathered from above. The seed comes by the Holy Spirit. The angel tells Mary. Mary gets pregnated by the Spirit of God and the Word of God. And a new DNA is started. So that's why you must be born again. I cannot be proud of the Holland heritage. Because if I have to keep on growing there, I'll find all the, alcoholi the alcoholics. I'll find all the abuse. I'll find all the, the poverty. I'll find all the injustices, I'll find different husbands and wives and a mess from my past. That's why you get born again because you form part of a different family. So Jesus goes through the cross, he's before the cross, and he's, he comes into the earth, he's born, he's being fathered from above at 12 years old, he's in the temple, he says, I must be about my father's business. Really interesting conversation at the cross because everybody's plugged out. And Jesus says something that we almost miss at the cross. He speaks to this man. Please go with me now to, Gen to, to John chapter 19. Give me verse 25. He's at the cross. The family is scattered. There's no father in the environment. I'm talking about a father that is what God intended from the beginning of time. Because every father that you have right now comes from their father and their faults. And so when Jesus is at the cross and just before he dies, he says something really interesting. Now they stood by the cross of Jesus, his mother. Joseph's no longer there. Speak about blended families. Speak about a family that's messed up. 
I mean, they're claiming that Mary's claiming that she, was, she had a baby from the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. Jesus is supposed to come from above. You talk about dysfunction where people wouldn't receive from this family because is he not Joseph's son? They said that thing purposefully because it was an embarrassment. Everybody questioned if he really was. We have the privilege of looking at the scriptures and looking back and saying, well, that actually is. But imagine living at the time and someone says, actually, I was, I, I was pregnant by the Holy Ghost. Their family was an embarrassment. Joseph's no longer there. Jesus is feeding 5,000. He's got 12 disciples. He's sitting at the cross and he's alone. Everybody deserted him. Peter's swearing and cursing and he's, he's left them. And Jesus is alone. Really interesting because his mother, you know, your mother will love you even if you do really terrible things. We've heard it said that, you know, with a face like that, only a mother could love. I'm kidding. <laughs> the problem that you're having is not so much the mothers because the mothers, when they give birth to that baby, she'll stay with you till the end. The problem is fathers. And that's the reason why everyone will be getting really quiet this morning because it's supposed to be this joyous place. And yet, while you're honoring your father, and I'm telling you, you must. The Bible doesn't say because your father was good, bad, drunk, or on drugs. The Bible says honor your father and your mother that your days may be lengthened. Let's go back to the cross. And there stood by the cross of Jesus, his mother, and his mother's sister, Mary, the wife of Clopas and Mary Magdalene, all the women. You understand why Mother's Day is such a wonderful celebration? Because mothers are always present. The mothers are always there. It's very rare to find a mother throw a, ch a, a child out. Say, I don't, I'm not interested in you anymore. Mothers stick with their children. And when Jesus saw this, when Jesus therefore saw his mother and the disciple. The last man standing. Whom he loved standing by. He said to his mother, woman, behold your son. Next verse. And he said to the disciple, the last man standing, of all that he blessed, of all the people he helped, of everybody at his need and in his time of need, is the only, is the last man standing. He said to the, the disciple, Behold your mother, and from that hour, that disciple took her to his own home. Jesus ends of his life at the cross, reconnecting a family. Joseph's no longer there. The disciples are no longer there. But the last man standing, it's very interesting. It's John. And God does something with John that he doesn't do with any of the disciples. Don't read the book, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. The last book of the Bible. The, the, John was in his 90s on the island of Patmos when he started writing around the book of John and Revelation. Because he was the one that carried this message until the end to understand 
what it is and what God's actual intention was. That's why you could be called the disciple whom Jesus loved. God lifts him up, takes him into, into heaven, and gives him revelation. Revelation chapter 4 verse 6. We, you need to study John because John is, 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 is written this book only la much later than all the disciples. He's basically taking the Bible and he's, and he's looking over all of that has been said and done. And he's saying this is what is important. He gets revelation. He gets taken up into the third heaven. He gets revelation of what, it, of what God's intention was. So while Ezekiel is speaking about the four faces of God, you find that John is actually experiencing something in the heavens that is very similar to what Ezekiel experienced. Listen to this. Before the throne, so he's taken up and he's experiencing this. He says, before the throne there was a sea of glass like crystal. And in the midst of the throne and around the throne were four living creatures full of eyes in front and in back. The first living creature was like a lion. He's seeing it. He's looking into the heavens and he's seeing something. The second living creature, a calf. Ezekiel calls it an ox. The third living creature had a face like a man and the fourth a living creature, living creature was like a flying eagle. The four living creatures each had six wings and full of eyes and, around the, and within. And they, do, and, and they do not rest day or night saying, Holy, Holy, Holy Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. Whenever the living creatures gave glory and honor and thanks to him who sits on the throne, who, who lives forever and ever, the 24 elders would fall down and um, just give me verse 11. They're casting their thrones down before the throne saying, you are worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power for you created all things and by your will they exist and were created. A man was created by God. I want to speak to every man in this place. Do not apologize for being a man. Because sometimes as life is tough and things happen, you need to understand that he sees this and the revelation that God gave, even through my father, uh, uh, Pastor Ray McCauley, he, he shared this message many years ago. And God has, this message has evolved inside of me and really brought a lot of, made a lot of sense. Because anytime you're dealing with a man and you're dealing with a father in a house, you're not sure at which point um, how, how do I respond to different situations? And it's very tough being a father, yet you were created by God. And in here, John gives the revelation because he's the one whom the disciple loved, so the environment is love, but he's seeing something that others don't see. And in these four faces, you find the lion, you'll find uh, the eagle, you will find the man, and you will find the ox. And if you study the the Gospels, you'll find out that Matthew, Matthew always speaks about Jesus being the king. That's the lion who's controlling his environment. Luke always speaks about the spiritual things and how the spirit man needs to soar because the spirit of the Lord is upon me. Luke chapter 1, Luke, Luke chapter 4. So he deals with the eagle. When you go back to, and you look at and you listen to Mark, Mark deals with the son of man. That's the face of a man. But when John preaches, John deals with the ox. The ox is the ability to carry the thing to the end. Amen. That means, this is the way God operates in our lives, is that one is that he will give a man a vision. This is the complete man, and I'm saying this to every one of you. You need to know how to pray for your husbands. Okay, I'm going to speak to the mothers that have daughters. You want um, your daughter to marry a man that gives all four faces. 
If you have a son, you want to raise him up that way. Because there is nobody who's got it. There is no one that is born back in the image of God. You get born again, and then you must train them up with these four faces. Because there's not one man. I don't know what card you've been dealt. Some of you have been given, it's rare to find a person who's got all four operating in their lives. A father with great vision. I'm telling you now, let me just say it. There is no perfect father. So yeah, it's not possible in any home. It's not possible. Because there's a man that's got vision that can see things and deal with things in the spirit. That allows his family to see him and build and make sacrifices for his family. That even after he's gone, his children are living in what this man has built. Because where there's no vision in a family, the, the, the wife, the children, they perish. Every man needs a vision. Come on, somebody. Joel chapter 2, he says, I'll give visions. The, the visions I'm going to give to young men. Dreams to old men. That's what the Spirit of the Lord is going to do. Why? Because old men have dreams that they buried. It must be revived. Young men have never had a vision. They're going to get vision so they can see. You need to see for your family. There's days I get really depressed because I can't see. I fight and I'm like, God, you need to let me see. And I'm praying for every man in this place that you begin to see what God has got for you. Come on, you pray and agree with me this morning because it's actually inside of you to have vision for your family. God made that man that way. He created the man that way to be able to can see where he's going. And the enemy will fight that man to come out from the sky. Because when the storms come, the eagle is, he, he sees it coming and he lifts himself above the storm. He's got no issue when a storm comes. Why? He uses the storm to actually go higher. I speak to every man in this place. You're going to go higher in this season. I don't know what you are facing this morning, but you were born to soar. I need this church to clap louder for the Father that's in your midst. I need the woman to shout a bigger one. I want you to pray for your children. I want you to pray for every boy. Let him have a vision for his life. Let us raise up men that know how to see further. Any man that can't see is in trouble. And when you find a man that's weary, great strength, Samson, hanging around with the wrong woman, Satan's only after one thing, child of God, man of God. He's after the anointing. And when he cuts your hair, he's going to pluck out your eyes so you can't see. And that's the intention of the enemy. We're in a fight, a real fight. And so anytime you find your father's got vision and he speaks to you about your future and he can speak life into you, you need to applaud him this morning because you've been given a good card. That patty cake's not going to work here this morning. You're going to have to give a bigger shout. You're going to have to give a bigger shout for a father who's got vision in your home. If he's got a vision, you've got to shout. At least you're seeing one face of God. If he's got vision, you're seeing one face. Because anytime you find a man with vision, anytime you find a young man with vision, 
You'll find Joseph is going to carry the vision for the whole family. Please, you may be seated. Joseph is going to carry the vision for the next generation. He's seeing his father's put a coat on him, and this boy is going to carry the next generation. He says, I see the stars, and he dreams. And anytime you find somebody with a vision, the dream comes with drama. Because the enemy hates a dreamer. You find a man of God that's God-fearing, that's trying to come after his family, that's coming after the destiny of his children and giving them vision, you'll find other discouragement around him. Is there anybody going to go and applaud their dads and say, thank you for your vision. Thank you for seeing. I'm living in what you gave. The discouragement's on levels for fathers because you don't even know what you're thanking the Lord for. You don't even, you're not even sure what you're thanking your father for. I'm feeling the heat in this thing this morning. Vision. Because every boy was supposed to walk with vision. You want to get married to my daughter? Where are you taking her to, man? What are you seeing? You can't say all men are trash and then expect your daughter to marry a man. She's going to marry trash. If all men are trash. You need to start praying for your boys to have vision. You need to start naming them correctly. You need to start training them up to stand in the midst of a perverse world. We need men that can stand. The second thing, oh, my time's already gone. The second face that he sees is that of a lion. The lion's got to do with rowing against an enemy. The enemy that's coming after you, you know, you listen to me clearly. A lion has got to do with territory. You, you come into his territory, nobody lives there that shouldn't be there. Nobody lives because he's vigilant and he will kill you. He'll take you out because that's got to do with dominion. It's got to do with territory. God's made you to have dominion over all the works of his hand. Find a man that's actually understand that this is my gift and this is what God called me to do and this is my field and you see him functioning and being fruitful in his field. Because God blessed them, said be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth, and subdue it, and have dominion. So anytime you find a man that's fruitful, I'm not talking about babies. People just speak about fruitfulness being babies. If, it, if that's the case, you're doing a terrible job. You only got one or two. The rabbits are doing better than you. They're multiplying on this land like you cannot believe. It's not about babies. When you find a man that's carrying a vision and he's fruitful, you need to go and honor him because he is now coming into a place of dominion. You need to encourage that man. If he is in business, woman, hear me. You need to encourage your husband because he was made to have dominion. 
The man is not, listen, listen, listen. He doesn't need your love. He doesn't need your socks. He doesn't need whatever else you want to give him. Oh, just a little bit of a poiki. No, he was made for dominion. The man was supposed to rule in his environment. And when you find a man that's getting into business or breaking from a job or being honorable in his home, you need to applaud that man because that little boy, even that boy, he's coming into a place of dominion. He's coming into a place of becoming what God called him to be. You keep on saying, just get an education, go and work. He wasn't made for that. He was made to rule. He was made to rule. And if he has to punch one or two people on, on, the, on, on the fields, Judah said, I just gave him one. I said, good, my boy. Oh, pastor, don't say that. The devil's a bully, and he's got his agents on the ground. You're not going to bully. I teach the boys how to fight back. This little marshmallow, I'm going to tell my mother. The boy is so small. He's like, hey, man. I hate bullies. And that's the reason why whenever you find a man that is being fruitful, I'm not talking about babies. I'm talking about businesses and ideas and creativity. You need to encourage that man. Because when that tree gets rooted and it produces the fruit, not only do you feed off it, neighborhoods come and eat off his tree. I want to prophesy that over every man this morning that you are going to get what God has promised. You're going to become fruitful. You're going to become the king of your terrain. Come on, somebody. And in every house, there's a fool and a king. Who lives in your house? Depends who you've called. Call him a king. Quiet. One more time. Call him a king. One more time. He is a little boy in your hands. Call him a king. He's a grandfather sitting in that chair tonight, today. Call him a king. Because we were made for that. I don't need your love. I need your respect. Because I was made for dominion. And anytime you insult my work, you insult me. You can't insult the thing that I do. Because without this thing that me and my gift functioning in the earth, I'm nothing, man. Spoke to a man on Friday. He's weeping. He says, Pastor Max, we educated, man. We gifted. This COVID thing has rocked us. And what it's doing to our minds, it's terrible. It's weeping. You don't just find a job. You can't do that. We love to produce. We like to make money, business people. We were made for dominion. Not to be under anybody's circumstances. Under the COVID circumstances. What is that? You were made for dominion. And if you have a father in your life that has taught you how to be fruitful, you need to applaud that man right now. You need to go back and say, thank you, daddy. Most of you have never been dealt that card. You've never seen a man stand in his business, be honorable and honor God in his business. You've never seen that card. You've never seen a man with vision. You've never seen a man really not looking for a job. I'm talking about the man that took time to discover his gift and said, I'm going to fight through some stuff. 
This leads me to the third phase. It's the ox. The ox has got to do with an anointing to break a fallow ground. It's got to do with the, the fact that a, a man is toiling in the, in the ground. He's, he's working his gift. God calls him to do something new. That's what the ox anointing is for. That's why you're in an apostolic house. The ox anointing is an apostolic grace that it gets you to break into new territory and become what God has called you to be because when you get new territory, you're not standing waiting for the government and a handout and a B contract. Entrepreneurship says, I can go where someone hasn't gone. I can do what someone else hasn't done. And I want to speak to every father today that has been in a fight, breaking up new ground, dealing with the ox anointing. Come on, somebody. I need somebody to clap, clap, clap your hands. Clap your hands this morning. If you have your father in the field, clap your hands this morning. If you have a father that's laboring, clap your hands this morning. He's not in a nightclub, man. He's not messing around, man. He's fighting for you, man. Stand and clap your hands this morning. I need everybody to honor their fathers this morning. That has been fighting for you, man. He's been fighting for you, man. No clap better than that. He's been fighting for you, man. He's been fighting for your children. He's been fighting for your family. Honor the man. You leave him to be discouraged. The ox comes home and he's tired. He's worn out. And all you do is put more pressure on this man. Not once do you come back and say thank you. What kind of wickedness is this in this generation? That you can't get, come back one day to honor your father. And you teach your children exactly that. So when they get married, they treat their husbands exactly the same way. What wickedness is this man? Like an like an animal you can treat me, it's okay. But even an animal needs a day off. And some water. And some encouragement. Toiling in this place, man. You can't say thank you. Everything I say to you is like an issue. It's like, what is that? What wickedness is this, man? Honor your mother and your father. If he did nothing for you, if he's had none of those four cards, but the fact that he's, he's in your home and his presence is there, honor him, man. Honor him, man. Honor him, man. I've watched people, I've taken eight, ten years to walk with people in this place. Can't have children because you got cancer. Lay my hands on you and God uses it. I know it's not my power, but God still has to use somebody. Oh no, I come from God, not from you, my father. If it wasn't because of me, you wouldn't be here. God uses people, man. Lay hands on you. Three children come. God heals you. No, don't clap. God does it. You turn around and you call me rubbish. What do you think is going to happen to your children? What do you think is going to happen to your life? You cannot dishonor people and think you can love. Listen to me. Honor makes you a fragrance. Dishonor makes you an odor. You can smell dishonor in a family. It's all over them. Please be seated. 
when a man has been in the field, the last thing he wants when he's fighting battles out in the field, to come home to chicken wings again. I need rest, man. My home must be a haven of peace. Train your boys, man. Train them how to work diligently. Please don't celebrate them for the things that they get. Cars, houses. I, I, don't, don't celebrate that. Even robbers get it. The question is, how did you get it? As long as you pass, my boy, don't worry. So I can go steal. Rob. Cheat. Doesn't matter, as long as I get it. Not in this house. Because we're going to use the word of God as our value system. And we're going to go God's way. That's called honor. Honor the Lord with your substance. What kind of families are we raising? That as long as you know, as long as you come home and, and there's money, I don't care how you got it. Where's the honor, man? Where's the value system inside of you? That, you see, what the enemy wants to do for every father, he wants you to be silent and not roar against that stuff. Or he wants you to be the ox that works seven days a week and comes home so tired, you don't even have energy for anybody. And so you just go sit in front of the television and flip channels. Honey, you need to do this. Yeah. Because men got caves. We go into caves and we, and we can stay there for years. I was there. The problem is that I can't stay in a cave when you're born again. And when you're in the call of God. Been up since 2 o'clock this morning, man. Battling a whole bunch of things. Left, walked in last minute into church. Didn't know what to even preach. I said, today I'm not going to go and preach. Purpose lifted me up. The vision inside of me and the ox inside of me said, get up! One more day. It's called the ox anointing. And some of you don't realize the kind of battles because your father's not going to complain by you. He's not going to tell you the kind of battles he's facing. I'm preaching for every father in this place, every man that understands what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about messing around the whole night. I'm not talking about being in a nightclub all the time. I'm not being tired because I am dealing with life and I'm in the game. Is there anybody going to appreciate their fathers in this place? That leads me to the fourth. It's called a man. The man that is made in the image of God. That man needs his home to be a haven of peace. That man was made for respect. That man was made for honor. That man is the same man that doesn't come home and roar all the time. He's the man that in, in good times sits down and says, child, sit down here. Let daddy teach you. If you had a father like that that could teach you the principles of the word of God, not send you to a classroom and say, well, go to your teachers. Now that you, are, you, 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 know, you come out of high school and your father says, my job in your life is done, get. 
You have many teachers. You don't have many fathers. A father is present. That father sits right there and he's teaching you. And, he's, and sometimes you get a look from his eye to say there's something not right in this house. That's that man. We deal with our own men's conference and our own fight when it comes to that man that is actually David who had his downtime is rather looking on Bathsheba. Or Samson who has his down, is tired but he's finding rest in Delilah's lap. We deal with those men. But if you've been touched and you have any of those four cards in your life, a man that you've encountered with any of those, let me speak to all the men. It's in you to bring out that face. God made you. I didn't think it was possible for me to go and stumble and fall maybe into sin and make an error and God lifts me up and washes me off and still gets me to stand as a father and to say, this is the word of God. Your condemnation and your guilt is not helping us, Dad. Your fear is not helping us. What the enemy wants to do is take your children and plug them out of you, plug them into a world system, and say, listen to these voices, not these voices. Listen to me. You have many teachers, not many fathers. You can come back from your school on that subject and tell me that you know better. Oh, you don't know social media. That's all good. I don't. You found a teacher to teach you on social media? Good. I'm still your father. Because the teacher's got to do with your subject and your excellence in one topic. I'm there for your life. Applaud every father in this place. Do better than that. Do better than that. I'm going to wait for you. I'm going to wait for you to clap and applaud every father in this place. I want you to applaud every father that has been present. In every father is the ability to produce these four faces. To teach their family. To roll against the enemy. To have vision for their lives. To work in the field. I am not talking about lazy men. I am talking about a man that God is raising up. That he can be like a John. Right until the end when he was 90. He started writing. Only 90. He was the last man standing. Can I speak to any man that's here this morning? That you're going to be the last man standing. If nobody else wants to hear the word of God, you'll be the last man standing. I don't care what the, this world is saying. I don't care what this generation thinks. There is a last man standing in this place. You are online. There is a man that's going to stand for God. I don't care if this be the last message I preach. Let it be that there are men in our midst, boys that will raise up, that will walk in integrity, not church boys. I'm talking about kingdom men that will be raised up with vision, with diligence, with hard work, that knows how to be a man, that knows how to roar. No more making excuses for being a man. No more apologizing for being a man. And we'll have our own men's conference and deal with the woman and how men don't want sex. They need it. And it's quiet in the church this morning. I need all the men to shout the good. 
Does your tank want petrol? Or does it need petrol? It's Father's Day. I think I need to wrap it up. Lift your hands. No more making an excuse for being a father and a man. We're looking for the last man staying. God's going to raise up men that can be real men. I don't need pornography to make me a man. I don't need someone else's approval to call me a man. I'm plugged into my father. And God, my father, has told me how to be his son. He said, I'll make you. Can I have the worship team up? I'll make you. I'll make you. I'm calling for every man to stand strong in the season. I'm asking you that no matter what, do not make an excuse. God will teach you about vision. Stop apologizing for who you are. If you made a mistake, get back on your knees before God. But become the man that God has called you to be. If you've never had a man in your environment that teaches you about vision and disciplines you, if you've never had a Nathan in your midst, David, to tell you that your wickedness you need to repent of, you need a man in your midst to tell you that. I'm not impressed with your gift that you can take Goliath down. I'm concerned about your character that gets you to stand as a man of God, as a father. Because your foundations are critical. Your children are standing on that foundation. And if your foundation is cracked, your children's lives are messed up. I'm calling for courage into every heart and mind of every man this morning. I need to pray, woman. Pray, woman. Pray, child. Young boy, I'm telling you, you want your daughter to marry a man that is God-fearing. It doesn't start when she's 21 to find a man. You pray him in for 20 years. Pray him into your home. I need somebody to pray for fathers this morning. Pray. Pray, pray, pray for the male man. The male man, not the female man. The male man. Pray for him this morning. Father, we pray. For every father, we're praying this morning. For anyone that is struggling concerning their destiny, concerning vision, concerning health in their bodies this morning. The man that needs rest. The man that needs peace. The man that needs to take care of his body. The man that needs to exercise. The man that needs to discipline his body. The man that needs to rise up from, a, from a, that bed and walk. The man that needs to become what you've called him to be. The man that has a vision on the inside of him. The man that has a gift and an understanding about his gift. The man that knows how to roar in the spirit. Knows how to deal with every enemy. To know how to protect his family. To know how to stand in the midst of a perverse generation. I'm calling for every man, God-fearing man, to be strengthened this morning morning in the name of Jesus. I need to pray in the Holy Ghost right now. I need to pray and encourage every man this morning. Pray for every man this morning. Pray. Pray for the anointing. Pray for every family. Pray that God's grace comes upon him this morning. Oh, that the brokenness of a father not being there, absent father, doesn't touch your life, child of God. For every father that has failed. In fact, for every father. Every boy. You don't have children yet. Lift your hands. Only men. The mailman, lift your hand. Now I need to see it. You need to lift it high. Every iniquitous pattern that through the blood of Jesus Christ you will not leave a generational curse. That you'll make good decisions for your family. That you'll walk in the fear of the Lord. 
that you will not mess up. On your tombstone must be written. That's been what I want for my life. He did not mess up. I pray for every man this morning. The fathers have eaten sour grapes. It has said their children's teeth on edge. But it shall not be called in your family. Call out your family surname right now. Say from today over the Holland name. Doesn't matter what my father has done. It won't be in my family anymore. It won't be in my lineage anymore. The sour grapes that my father's eaten. It will not set my teeth on edge. I'm going to live a different life as a father, as a boy, as a man for God. I'll be the last man standing for God. Come on, lift your hands, all men, all men right now. Say, Father, for my family, for my children, I will not leave an iniquitous pattern. I will not leave my children with a deficit, crying over divorce, crying over poverty, crying over the mess I've made. Do a brand new work in every father this morning. Teach us how to live for you, my God. In the name of Jesus. Mothers, hear me, you got daughters and you think you don't have the problem. He's coming. She needs to be strong enough. You need to start calling if she's two years old. Start calling the man that's a kingdom man for your daughter today. Start calling a kingdom man that has got vision, that loves God, that's plugged into the kingdom of God, that is a real man that knows how to weep, that knows how to love, that knows how to work and is diligent, that knows how to deal with the th things of the spirit. You're calling for a godly man. I'm calling for every godly man. David's mighty men. I call you forth this morning. There'll be 300 men that will come together in this place in the name of Jesus. That will fulfill their call and become what God has called them to be. This Father's Day, there will be men that will be standing. Clap your hands louder. Come on. Come on. Come on. For every father. For every father. go home to your father and you go and honor him don't celebrate his 18th birthday train him up in the ways of God you want him when it comes to tough decisions to hit the right button and say I'm doing this because I'm God fearing Joseph carried a dream Joseph is 17 years away from his father's house when Potiphar's wife comes after him, he says, he doesn't say, I can't do this to my boss. He says, how can I sin before my God? I have a value system. He made a decision to run. He made a decision. We need men that can make good decisions in their homes. Oh, he's just a little boy. You better start praying, mom. If you don't teach them to, if you've taught them to honor, you've taught them enough. If you don't, they'll break your heart. They'll break your heart. You train them up now and you call forth inside of that boy is a king. And he's got all four inside of him. John in his 90s, the last man standing, could say, this is what I'm showing you. You're made in the image of Almighty God. And you can become what God has called you to be.
and in the midst of your mistakes, you have an advocate with the Father. Listen, pigs fall into the mud and they enjoy it. Sons fall into the mud, they get up, they get washed off, and they go home. Hear me, man. If you decide to get up and to go somewhere else, your wife has got no choice but to follow you. She's married to you. Elimelech goes, unplugs himself from a system. This is the book of Ruth. Unplugs himself from the system, takes his children and his wife. They get married to other girls in another city. Ten years later, he dies, his boys die. She has to return by herself. Naomi has to return by herself. The decisions you make is affecting all your family. You just want a husband. You better start praying. You're calling the God man on the inside of you. I'm praying. This is what I'm laboring for. Till Christ be formed on the inside of you. Of course, man, if you went to university, of course you can study the Bible. Don't let the devil tell you the Bible is so good. It's not complicated. You just need, God just needs a willing heart. You can learn. Praying in tongues, you can do it. Getting vision, you can do it. All your children, if your dad's alive, or if there's anybody that's been in your environment that helped you come to where you are. It's a day like today. You turn and you go and honor them. Mother, here's your son. Son, take care of your mother. He reunites the family. Because God's a family man. Because God's a family man. If you don't know Christ, you need to make a decision for him. Because how can you become a son? If, how, can you become a, how can you be a father if you've never been made his son? It's impossible. I didn't know my deficits and my weaknesses. And I'm 24 years down the line and God is still working on me. I got plugged in and I've never got plugged out. Because God is downloading things and changing my life. Come on, daddies, come on. It's 24 years later. When people tell me that you're a father for the nations and you're hearing what people are saying, I'm like, too soon, Baba. Too early. I don't feel I'm anywhere near any of this stuff. Got so many things I've got to work through. So many things. Every head bowed and eye closed. I pray that the Lord helps you this morning. You don't know Jesus Christ or you're a prodigal and you're far from him. It's time to get plugged back into God. Plugged back into his kingdom. 
plug back into his purpose, plug back into his power. You cannot become a man by yourself. It's impossible. There isn't anybody in the earth that's a perfect man. There's only one. His name is Jesus. And he's the one that you get plugged into. In him we live. In him we move. In him we have. God's calling you back. Man of God. So you can be the father to your children. And become what God has called you to be. I pray a blessing upon every father in this place. If you don't know Jesus Christ, let us know. You inbox us. We're going to pray with you. We want to be there for you. But we pray the blessing of the Lord upon you. The Lord bless and keep you. Father, bless the fathers. Encourage them. Strengthen them. Thank you for your grace. Put a fresh grace upon us. A father is not one who is a doer but a being is a it's being present help us to be present in every season and that the lights would stay on in our homes as we are plugged into you in Jesus name amen and amen you may be seated for just two minutes let's receive an offering thank you guys God bless you in your giving Of this journey, I get lost in my mistakes. What looks to me like weakness, she's a canvas for strength. But my story isn't over, my story's just begun. Failure won't define me, cause that's what my father does. Failure won't define me. That's what my father does fathers online every young boy hear me you're not looking for babies you want to become the father you want to become the man that God has called you to be vision mom pray them in if they're in your hands and they're still in your arms it's a good time to start praying if it's a girl you've got pray that she's gonna meet with a God-fearing man so in that direction because she want that man in her life that's got vision that's diligent, that's faithful, that knows how to handle the things of the Spirit. Daddy, if you're lost, come back home. Man of God, you need to stand in your place. Take your rightful place as a man of God. Roar as you need to roar. In down times, teach. Train them. Develop them in the Word of God. Keep them plugged into the kingdom of God. We bless you. Happy Father's Day to all our dads. Come on, clap your hands one more time. Come on, do better than that. Just one more time. Just do better than that.
We applaud all our fathers. God bless you. Bless your family. Bless your home. Remember next week, everything changes. It's two services. The God Encounter service starts at 20 past 10. We're starting a little early, around 9 o'clock in the first service. We'll have the word. The second service, worship and encountering with God. Come on, somebody. It's going to be awesome. Happy Father's Day. God bless you. Amen.